Hi, this is Bobby Rempe from Cleveland, Ohio, and you're listening to Barbecue Central. Happy to have you aboard here for the really big barbecue show. Boing. We cook because we have to, and we grill because we want to. Hit me. Fine. How's it going? You have a great show. I'm a big fan. Boing. So what? What? What seems to be the problem here? This man looks like he's dead, and he's in the in the crackle. Charbono. It's all about the Charbono, dude. Succulent fish. What? We ate two feet for wiener. Delicious, Liberty. It's a shit face. I'm shaking like a dog shit peach seed. <laughs> we have top men working on it right now. And just like that, we are into the second hour. Welcome aboard. You have found the Barbecue Central Show. We talk about shenanigans and tomfoolery as it relates to live fire barbecue grilling, indirect grilling, smoking, outdoor baking, you know, all that. We do it right here. We do it live. We'll do it live. That's right, Bill. We do it live every Tuesday if you didn't know. I want to back it all the way out here, but if you didn't know, this show is not a podcast only. First and foremost, it's a show. It runs Tuesday nights from 9 to 11. If you're hearing this between the hours of 9 to 11 on Tuesday, this is live, local, and late breaking. We'll do it live. Okay. This is exactly how it's happening. If you're listening to it on Wednesday or Thursday, because... Why? Because... You subscribe to it on any type of podcast catcher, podcast iTunes, Google, whatever the hell it's called anymore, Google Podcast, the juice thing, whatever. Search for my show, The BBQ Central Show, in any type of podcast platform, you will find it. Then you will get hour number one tomorrow, Wednesday, every Wednesday, hour number two on Thursdays. That is a recording of the stuff that happened live on Tuesday unedited, unfiltered, all how it happened, except you don't get the full two hours when you do it that way. And who knows what's going to happen on a Tuesday. The audience continues to get bigger and bigger live. More people are taking advantage of the YouTube page. I see such uh, luminaries as uh, Brian Guerrero, cookout coach. Cookout, I got your email, by the way. I'm not blowing you off. Chicken fried barbecue is in the... uh, what? Is that the Coos Barbecue? Of course, uh, the incorrigible Backyard Barbecue Show is in, as always. The indemnable Steve Brandano. All those folks. John Dawson is in. John Solberg is in. The Dog Father's Barbecue. These are the luminaries of the live fire industry. They're just chatting it up amongst themselves, weighing in here and there on something that they hear is interesting. But most of the time, it's just chatter back and forth as they listen to the show. It's great. It's the show within the show. So, again, if you're on Facebook and you want to be a little bit more inclusive in the chat, jump on over to the YouTube. Go to my website. Click on the YouTube Live button at the very top. And there you go. That's right, Cookout Coach. The very top-level luminaries of the barbecue and grilling community. The cookout coach himself is in. Did I mention the indemitable Steve Brandaro and Jason Kinger? Hey, don't forget to follow me socially at BBQ Central Show on Instagram and Twitter slash BBQ Central Show on Facebook. Still to come on this show tonight, the BBQ Central Show's embedded correspondence segments which everybody loves and doesn't necessarily agree with, but we can agree to love it. Coming up on this Friday's Best Moments of the Barbecue Central Show in 10 minutes or less, I don't know. I haven't put it up yet. I'm a little behind the ball for a good five, six weeks. I was way ahead of the ball. I'm way behind the ball right now. I will rectify that situation, but fear not. You will have a brand new edition of the best moments of the Barbecue Central Show in 10 minutes or less come this Friday. Put to you and put together by 
executive producer John Solberg, who also happens to be Michigan Embedded uh, Correspondent. This Friday, I was out for two weeks because, for whatever reason, it just couldn't happen technically. I mean, it could happen on my end, but WINT was not able to figure out how to pipe sound back into me when I was out of state the last couple Fridays. So there was no me being the guest, but this Friday I will resume being the guest on the John Cupo show. Again, locally, if you're around the greater Willoughby, Ohio area, 1330 a.m. and 101.5 FM, simulcasting either side for the local Willoughby folks and generally Cleveland. Otherwise, the best way to do it, especially if you're out of state or out of the 20-mile stretch of Willoughby and that tower, wintradio.com. That's the live feed. And you can hear me be a guest instead of a host. And that's all kinds of fun. I really bring it. I've only been in trouble with the host once already, and I haven't even been doing like eight months, I don't think. I've only been yelled at once to calm back or to uh, calm down and dial it back a little bit. But I get really excited about this stuff. I want to I want to be a good guest. I want to produce value. You know what I'm saying? I want to bring it. I bring it strong here as a host. I want to bring it just as strong as a guest. So if you wanted to hear me being a guest then set your alarms for 7.30 Eastern time in the morning and punch up wintradio.com or, again, if you're local, 13.30 a.m., 101.5 FM. Last week, I told you that there was a 3D printer that was printing steaks. Uh Not beef steaks, vegan steaks. Right? We didn't know how much those vials of plant-based meat were. I mean, how much does a a 3D printer cost? Kinger probably knows. Jason, how much does a 3D printer cost? I'm still a little intrigued with that story. However, a new story runs the mix and jumps the second hour. And it's this. Where's the headline? Here we go. Heinz reveals that new mayonnaise flavors just a couple weeks ago. Mayo Q is a combination of Heinz mayonnaise and Heinz classic barbecue sauce. Mayo must is a mix of Heinz mayonnaise and Heinz yellow mustard. That's right. Mixing mayonnaise with other sauce in order to create new flavor isn't necessarily something we haven't seen before. Following the creation of mayo chup, a combination of mayo and ketchup, which hit shelves last year, Heinz decided to spice things up even more as it debuted two new flavors a couple weeks ago. Mayo Q and Mayo Must are two of the latest mayo mashups that were unveiled, and the news has sparked online debate as people argue about the names given to the sauces and the combination of flavors. Thanks, and in a tweet, Heinz Ketchup tweets, thanks to fans of mayo chup, our saucy family is growing. Which flavor mashup are you most excited to dip into? Heinz unveiled the new versions of its real mayonnaise Uh, On Twitter on Tuesday, first up is Mayo Q, a combination of the mayonnaise and the Heinz classic barbecue sauce. Then, of course, the uh, Mayo Must, as I had mentioned before. According to Business Insider, the 16.5-ounce bottles are being sold for just a shade under $3.50. The latest creation of Mayo Chup, uh, which is a mix of mayo and ketchup, hit shelves in September of 2018. The company announced that it would be bringing the condiment to the U.S. in April after it went down a treat in the United Arab Emirates. That's where it was officially announced. So here's the question. Uh, A, are you ketchup guy? Because undoubtedly, even though I'm not five years old, I'm a big ketchup guy. Big. Also, I'm a big mayonnaise guy. Mayonnaise. Not Miracle Whip. That's going to be a question I'm going to lead with next segment. Miracle Whip 
is way different. That's salad dressing or sandwich dressing or whatever that crap is. Miracle Whip. It's got that zing to it. That's what that's that's marketing speak for tastes like crap. It's got a zing to it. Who eats Miracle Whip? That stuff tastes awful. Eat mayonnaise. It's real good. Real good on burgers and sandwiches, a peanut butter and jelly. Not salad dressing. We don't like that. Not Miracle Whip. So to take mustard and mayonnaise, like you're almost to the inside of a deviled egg. All you have to do is add egg yolk, and you're pretty much there, right? So that's nice. Mayonnaise and ketchup, definitely not a fan of. Mayonnaise and barbecue sauce, sure, why not? I believe one time I had the executive chef and pitmaster of Arby's when they first rolled out the brisket sandwich like 20 years ago, whenever that was. And he's purposely said, or he said they purposely put mayonnaise on the brisket sandwich so they could use less brisket. But the mayonnaise, while adding no flavor, took on the taste and flavor of the brisket and coated your mouth. So it actually gave you more of a filling, beefy flavor presence in your mouth without having to pack in more meat to actually get you that flavor otherwise. Genius. People with a lot of money are genius. So yes to mayo mustard, yes to mayo barbecue sauce, mayo ketchup, not for me. Not for me. And no Miracle Whip, unless you want a fist fight. And if I see you on the street, we will fight if you want. If you want. All right, let me talk to you quickly about Early Bird CBD. That's right, we talked to him last week. Newest sponsor of the show, at least for a couple shows. Early Bird CBD. A lot of you asked me about this over the course of last week. Yes, I do use CBD oil. I take it sublingually. That means under my tongue. But Early Bird has a great selection of ones you can take under the tongue. If you're into edibles, they have the gummies, both like normal and nighttime versions if you want. They also have powders. They have capsules, topicals to rub on your skin. They also have a wide selection of vapes if that's what you like. So you pick the best way for you and then shop confidently knowing that Early Bird has done all of the quality control for you. You're not going to get crap CBD here, only top-of-the-line CBD from the best manufacturers in the business because they have done the legwork. They've shown up to the businesses. They've quality checked them. It's the legit stuff. If you have any questions, you can drop them on email through the website contact or give them a call, 512-920-5650. That's 512-920-5650. And ask them your questions. Rest assured, they'll make sure you're getting exactly what you need. For me, because I've been taking it, I've noticed relief from the pain in my knee, better digestion, and of course, a more restful sleep. And no, I'm not high. No THC. If you've been looking for an alternative to prescription items, you're going to want to check this out. Here's the best part. EarlyBirdCBD.com offers fast free shipping and 20% off your order when you use promo code BBQ Central 20% off and free shipping again that's early bird cbd charlie bravo delta earlybirdcbd.com promo code BBQ Central 20% off your order not just your first order your all orders all right embedded correspondence coming up out of the break stick around be right back The only show giving you a monthly visit from a doctor of barbecue. A man actually named Meathead. The author of a barbecue bible. Bloggers, reviewers, competitors, and manufacturers by the dozens. It's the Barbecue Central Show. Once again, here's your host, Greg Rempe. Hey, welcome back. This portion of the show being brought to you by Smithfield. There's still a few spots left to be a part of this year's Smoking with Smithfield Committed Cooks program, but do not delay. Head on over to smokingwithsmithfield.com to sign up. Also, are you ready to find out where you rank 
against all competitive barbecue teams across the country. Visit the same website, smokingwithsmithfield.com, to check out your rank on the Smoking with Smithfield National Barbecue Championship leaderboard. Again, that's smokingwithsmithfield.com. All right, the fourth Tuesday of the month means what? It must mean the return of the Embedded Correspondence segment. David Huff, Steve Ray, Doug Scheiding, John Solberg, all in a ray and in a row as we roll through the dais here. Gentlemen, appreciate you joining me this month, as always. Looks like some Skype has decided to rework where my normal... Who's breathing into the microphone right off the bat? We got to address this. I'm on fire right now. Who's breathing into the microphone? I was on mute. All right, it's like I'm talking to my kids here. I caught them red-handed and nobody wants to own up to it. That's fine. David. Right. So, what was that? Who's feeding back? Off on David. All right, here we go. Guys, appreciate you joining me this month, and we have a number of crazy, wild, live-fire and potentially not live-fire-related topics. First and foremost, Steve Ray, we quickly go around the dais. Who's winning the NCAA Crazy Time Tournament this year? Duke. Duke. Wow, look at you. David Huff, who's winning the NCAA Crazy Times Tournament? Gonzaga. Gonzaga. Good call. Uh, John Solberg from Michigan, who's winning the Crazy Times Tournament? I have no idea. (laughs) What? Uh-oh. That's it. What? What's that? You know, I don't. Uh, know. I, don't I don't even know what it is. The basketball tournament. <laughs> oh, oh, I'm gonna go with Duke because oh. I, I like what Steve. I'm with Steve. Nobody's heard of the basketball crazy times tournament. No, Mm-mm. Doug. Who's no. winning the crazy times tournament? Virginia. Really? Yeah, they're gonna beat Tennessee. You're wrong, but I love the I love the way you're putting yourself out there. I love it, Virginia. Wow. I don't think Duke is going to win, by the way. I think they're probably – I think they're going to lose to Michigan State. That's what I think. John, I'm surprised you didn't say Michigan State. They're always ready for a run. I know. No? All right. Or Michigan. He could have gone with Michigan. I'm a sports uh, illiterate. Is my man card in jeopardy here? No, of course not. We're here to talk about live fire barbecue and grilling. That's it. Come on. We're just trying to show off our ability to to just run at the run off the cuff, as they say. All right, guys, so let's go ahead and start with this topic first, and uh, we'll start with Doug. KCBS competition chicken. Is it barbecue or is it meat manipulation? Oh, it's this is like a, an attorney leading the witness in a certain direction. <laughs> it's total meat manipulation. Total. It's, uh, it's, it's totally, yeah. Uh, you remove the bones. You cook in muffin pans. You jacquard the skin so that it's more bite through. You use paint scrapers or quick trim to uh, scrape the the fat off. Um, you, you you use food coloring so that it has a perfect color when you turn it in. Do I need to go on? You do the legs and lollipops. The hardest thing to cook is the breast. And how many people turn in the breast in KCBS? None. So they, they do the thighs and the legs. It's really pretty hard to screw them up. So the only thing they have to play with is how it looks. Hmm. All right. Uh, let's go to John Solberg, uh, KCBS competition chicken, barbecue, or meat manipulation. Well, I tend to st- side with Daniel Vaughn on this. Oh. I, I'm going to call it judge manipulation. I agree that it's meat manipulation to, man- to manipulate human judges with the sweet, the feel, the texture to change it. it it's hitting that judge's mark and that super sweet bite through to just fill every taste receptor in your mouth. I'm going to call it judge manipulation. All right. Well, we go to a kind of new competitor from Oklahoma, David Huff. Your thoughts on competition chicken? Can't stand it. Meat manipulation all the way. I just, the rules of what they say the judges should look for, it's not chicken. I mean, only people in competition barbecue cook it like that. No one else in America cooks it like that at home just because. All right, last word, Steve Ray, the chief pitmaster of Owl's Nest Barbecue, meat manipulation or barbecue when it comes to competition chicken? How do we get from this to that? Total meat manipulation. You know, teams <laughs> use meat glue. Did you know that? What's meat glue? 
meat glue is they use it. It's a it's a meat. Have you ever been to the 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 butcher shop and you get a steak and it looks like three little pieces, but it's all together. Yes. And you go, huh? That's three different pieces of meat that the butcher has glued together. There is a product called meat glue, and I have seen it used to glue the skin to the thighs so when the judges bite it, it doesn't come off. It's cheating, and it's legal. <laughs> well, then it that's, can't be cheating. That's how, gross, that's how gross KCBS chicken is. You go, you get from there, from that to that. It, it's just totally, it's disgusting. But if you're going to compete, you've got to do it that way. And I know how to do it that way, and I do it that way. But it, it's it's crazy. The way they do it in Texas is the way to do it. They turn it. What's that thing called, Doug? The uh, it's a half bird. Was that it's what it, a fully jointed half chicken? It looks like a chicken. It looks like something that's edible. This looks like loaves of bread. Well, look. Here's the bottom line. We can all talk about man- meat manipulation. If it is, if it isn't. But this is where you have evolved into. I can't imagine that 25 years ago when Dr. Barbecue was getting into his first barbecue competition, that's how they were doing chicken. But somehow and some way it has evolved into making everything look the same and this bite through skin that you're talking about. But that's all what the competition is about. That's what you have to shoot for. Whether you think it's meat manipulation or it's not barbecue or it's not what you would serve in your backyard, that's where the delineation of competition comes in. I will make the point that not only is KCBS competition chicken meat manipulation, but all the way across those four meat turn-ins, it's all manipulation. You don't make, you don't really make brisket like that. You don't really, maybe pork shoulder is as close to normal backyard stuff but even then a lot of teams are turning in the money muscle medallions and that's it there's not a lot of pulled or a lot of chopped and then of course the uh the ribs are well over the top with sweetness and i mean who the hell in real life is injecting their freaking ribs talk about meat manipulation people are injecting their ribs on the regular now when it comes to competition so i don't think it's just a chicken thing i think it's an overall Four category meat manipulation, but that's where competition barbecue is right now. Anybody want to rebut that? Raise your hand. Otherwise, we'll move on. Three, two, one. Moving. I on. think ribs. I actually disagree. I think ribs are probably the most, the most natural. Not uh, probably not in Texas. Port, probably in Texas. Yeah, we don't. We don't. Uh, we don't. Well, I, I think uh, if, I used to. Inject, so I don't inject it much money. Let's go ahead and further redact down the differences in sanctioning body. I think Texas barbecue is probably more towards what the real realm of barbecue or what we would consider to be the real realm of barbecue than any other sanctioning body out there. Would you agree with that, David? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it's most, I I judge it by it's most like the way I prefer to eat my barbecue. Steve, And I think Texas is closest. Steve, do you think Texas is closest to real barbecue? Hey, I sure do, Greg. Oh it's got to be. It's it's it. It looks like it. it, it the, the briskets look like briskets. The the chicken looks normal. The ribs look like normal. It's it's it looks edible. It, it looks edible. The chicken looks edible. What we do doesn't even look doesn't even look edible. Steve, did you just censor yourself? Yeah, he just censored himself. What's okay. that? All about? <laughs> oh, wasn't me. I thought that was you, Greg. No, not me. Uh, John, you agree that Texas barbecue competition looks more like regular barbecue? Hands down, one hundred percent. All right, next question, and your uh, may I may I respond, Greg? All right. You didn't ask me. In terms of Texas barbecue, the only I started way- with you, Doug. Are you listening? That was you were the first <laughs> the- person I asked that question to. No, I, you asked me in terms of the KCBS, and I responded that I didn't agree with the 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 rib. The IBCA leads in the manipulation of brisket. Uh, we have more wow. glazing of brisket down here than I think you do in KCBS. I just went to a contest this weekend, and uh, that seemed to be the general consensus. Really? Thank you. All right. yeah, what were yes. they what were they doing, Doug? 
Glazy? Well, in 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 uh, uh, I own the domain, just Azuit, by the way. But anyway, um, in Texas, the concept of glazing the brisket. Um, you know, we don't do burn ins down here, but people are glazing the brisket just like you glaze your ribs. They're glazing the brisket for about five to 10 minutes and it has this sheen on it. So it's a sweet sheen on it. And uh, the consensus uh, after going to the, the contest this weekend up in up in Utah at KCBS, um, um, they do not do that yet. So like sweet beef. Yes, Ew. it's a sweet beef. It's almost blasphemy to oh, me. Oh, right. All right. Let's quickly go around. Uh, David Huff, sweet beef. Yes or no? Well, actually, the very first time I sat in with a real competition, you know, barbecue team, someone with some experience, they travel around to different contests. I saw them do that, Doug. It was KCBS. I'd never seen it before. Um, they they glazed it. They put a sauce on it. They made sure to heat the sauce up properly. They put a finishing dust on it. I mean, mm, yep. it was just unbelievable. And then when I took a bite of it, it was good, but that's about all I could stand would be one bite. So uh, I don't I don't want the sauce on my meat. And I want to eat it plain. That's that's just me. Steve, sweet beef, yes or no? Uh, yes, it's done in KCBS. Uh, uh, burn ends are dunked in Blues Hog and Tennessee Red. Uh, not so much the brisket, but the burn ends are. I think it's good. It tastes good. John, sweet beef, yes or no? No, total judge manipulation no again. Yeah, I'm not in for sweet beef at all. Next question, we're going to start with John Solberg. Single best, all-purpose, barbecue and or grilling rub. Got it right here for you. Gluten-free, sugar-free, paleo, keto. This bottle of 12 ounces costs you $1.79. Hmm. It is four four two one salt, pepper, garlic. Does everything. Four two one. Four parts salt, two parts restaurant grind pepper, one part granulated garlic, and you are good to go. Dollar seventy nine shipping is free. Doug Shiding, best single purpose all. Uh, I'm sorry, best single all purpose barbecue and grilling room. Um, at first, I, I was thinking Montreal steak seasoning, but I don't think that goes on chicken. And I thought the same mm. of a an SPG, which is you know they call the Texas Trinity, the uh, salt, pepper, garlic. But um, again, that's no no chicken. Um, Tony Chatteries. Does make a great chicken. I just can't see it on on uh, brisket. That's kind of like a Cajun salt. Uh, um, I almost went with smoking guns, but I'm going with Head Country Original Barbecue Rub. Really? It's been around for over. Yes, I am. It uh, it makes out. great chicken. I use it in my on my competition ribs, and I used to use it on my on my brisket. So, absolutely. All right, David. Uh, best all purpose barbecue and grilling rub. Yeah, uh, Doug beat me to it. I was absolutely oh. going to say Head Country. Um, it's it's universally available. I mean, you can get it at just about any Walmart. Um, they sell the sauce in all 50 states. It's just sometimes under a different name. Um, but Head Country rub, all-purpose chicken, pork, beef, and um, it's actually pretty affordable as well. So that's where I would give the the best all-purpose nod to. Yeah, so I think in my case, and I have had my hands on any number of rubs over the last uh, 10, 11 years, and when I think about, so all-purpose for me means it goes good on chicken, it goes good on beef in general, so that would be brisket or steak or burgers, and then somehow it also has to work with pork, and that's the game changer. I think chicken and beef can kind of be interlaced i mean they're i mean they're obviously not the same but kind of close ish but pork kind of throws everything off because at least for my flavor profile or my palate i want pork sweet i like a sweet pork so in the end i have to kind of fall back with john except i'm going to leave out the garlic part i'm just going to go straight up 50-50 salt and pepper works on everything <laughs> it's simple you put smoke on it or something else, it all works together, makes a nice crust, works good on steak, chicken, and pork. I mean, it doesn't get any simpler than that, and certainly no disrespect to anybody that has sent me stuff over the years, but, I mean, if you want to go across the board, to me, it's salt and pepper, and that's it. Uh, very Texas, I know, Doug, but what can I tell you? I mean, simple work sometimes. Next. Hey, Steve. Steve. Hey. Yeah, go ahead, Steve. Oh, you left me out. Oh, okay. oh I did? Yes, butcher barbecue, grilling, grilling addiction. addiction. Yeah, you're right. It's really good. 
All four pro teams turned in by the winner of the Jack Daniels 2017 World Championship, which is just like winning the British Open, the world champion barbecuer, David Bosca. Every piece of meat he turned in had grilling addiction on it. I don't know what else to say. Well, I can tell you one thing that you could say, Steve, and that is you're not the only one who believes that. Neighbor Desmond also believes that grilling addiction is certainly the best rub out there. Who I think he ordered six bottles the last time he put another. So Doug is head country. John Solberg is uh, talking to people off camera, probably getting ready for the show on Friday, and uh, says it's salt, pepper, garlic. I'm salt, pepper, and Steve Ray says grilling addiction. So if you haven't had any of those, as you're listening, go to the websites and buy them respectively, or if you partner with John or myself, Easily gotten ingredients that you can mix on your own. Next up, we touched a little, well, actually a lot more than I thought we were going to with just just Pryles. And we talked about picanha, which I didn't even know how to say right. She thought I was kind of letting her set up to say it correctly. I have no idea how to say it until she said a picanha. This is a fad or a, and not a fad, an item that I have seen start to take over social media here in the last, uh, let's say, six or eight months. It does have that uh, lemon push wedge to it, as she was talking about, how you fold the meat in on itself. It's got the big fat cap. It's a sirloin cap for layman's terms. Steve Ray, what do we know about picanha? I know nothing about picanha. Are you interested in it at all? Uh, I would. I'm always interested in trying something new. Yes, I know where it's at because I looked it up today. I've never tasted it. Apparently, she said the Brazilians know what's going on. I have to trust Jess Prowls to have been to Brazil. I've never been there. I uh, I would I would like to taste it. I'd like to cook it. I could do a uh, eye of round. I think the eye of round's pretty close to it, isn't it, Doug? In the in the cow. Yeah, it's a, it's actually up a little higher. It's up on, up underneath the skin. So yeah, it's higher than that. I've done eye of round. It's delicious. So I'm 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 all about it if I could get it. I wonder if uh, if it's close to eye of round. I wonder if picanha would make good jerky. You think, Doug? Um, yeah, it it actually might. But um, um, bottom sirloin, I think, makes uh, or even deer uh, tenderized uh, deer cutlets makes really good jerky. So um, let's stay with you, Doug. What do you know about picanha? Okay, well, you know, I, I know Steve kind of lives out in the sticks. You know, the Brazilian steakhouses are coming to a town near you. Not sure it's going to be in Udawa anytime soon. But, uh, you know, as Jess mentioned, you know, you leave the fat cap on. Um, uh, I've actually just started cooking it here in the last month and a half, two months. And you leave the fat cap on when you when you put it on a skewer. And, you you know, slice it in, in thickness uh, states about uh, – three quarters of an inch, put it in a C and put it on a, a skewer and turn the grill up high and kind of grill it. Um, it's, it's really good that way. And, and, uh, but if you cook it like a tri-tip, yeah, do exactly like she said in terms of trimming off the fat cap and, and cook it like a tri-tip and, you know, do it at about one thirty, one thirty-five. So it's, it's really good. And it has a lot of flavor. So do you think she went a little, I mean, obviously it's personal preference of course, but do you think she went a little high on her finished internal temps around one forty or so? Yeah, I, w- I wouldn't go that high. I'd, I'd cook it like a tri-tip, trim off all the fat. You know, on the tri-tip, I'd, I'd trim off all the fat on the top and the bottom as well. And then uh, I would trim off that big fat cap as well if you're if you're going to slow smoke it. If you're going to grill it, leave that fat cap on. David Huff, picanha, si o no? The Brazilian steakhouses, Steve, those, those Brazilian people, huh? Uh, so, uh, I, I think that's where I've, I've tried it as a Brazilian steakhouse. I'm not entirely sure. Cause when you go there, you just, you know, there's so much to choose from, uh, Greg, you're absolutely right. It is all the rage on social media, um, Instagram posts, Facebook, YouTube videos all over. I, I didn't know how to say it properly, but I was really interested in trying it. Um, I've seen it curled up on the sticks and, and it looks great. I'd probably try to fast grill it just to touch on what Jess said. You know, if it's similar to a ribeye with the fat content on it, um, I would probably I'll, I would agree with her to take it up a little bit higher because I think you get more of the fat dissolving, you get more of the intermuscular breakdown. I probably would take it up a little bit closer to medium. I've started doing that with the ribeyes over medium rare, and I'm starting to like that a little bit more on my steaks. Fillets I'd still do rare, but 
that's just me. Uh, I mean, fillets, it's hard to do anything but rare unless you're going to butterfly. We almost had that conversation at St. Elmo's this past weekend when uh, the middle daughter wanted a fillet. And I said, well, if you want a fillet, you're going to have to tell that guy you wanted butterfly. And if you say butterfly, he might whip out a pocket knife and try and take a swipe at you. But anyway, let me talk to John Solberg about picanha. Hey, I, I tend to disagree that it is the hottest thing on social media oh, right now. Right. I'm going to go out on a limb and say, you know, tomahawks replace picanha from the great one, and that is quickly being replaced by hamburgers. So we're a couple mm. trends back. Okay. Um, it is delicious meat. I been cook, started cooking it in like 2017. It's, it is kind of difficult to find where I'm at because most meat cutters and most major markets don't really know what it is. Are, you ordering, are you ordering sirloin cap? Or are you saying picanha? I am saying sirloin cap okay. because if you go into <laughs> if, if you go into the grocery store and go, hey, I, I sure would like to get some spinalis, they'll look at you and like, what are you talking about? So picanha is not going to work. You got to talk to your meat cutter, not your butcher at your grocery store. Explain to them what you're going to get. And when the sirloin comes in, they will take it off and save it for you. It is delicious. It's wonderful. But at the end of the day, it is just a piece of sirloin with a fancy presentation that looks really cool on Instagram. And that trend is dying. That's my take. All right. Uh, I have no take because I have not had So I can't have a take. But I sure would like to go to my local butcher and ask for a sirloin cap and then figure it out from there. Uh, all right, you guys, you hang out for just one second here while I do a load of business, and then we'll come back and we'll talk about perhaps a one cooker that you would have for the rest of your life, or Nashville hot chicken, or hottest barbecue and grilling chick or dude. You know, that stuff. But quickly, I will tell you about Big Papa Smokers. The number one online shop for all things barbecue. They have a curated selection of items for you to choose from. Chosen by Sterling Big Papa Ball himself. Obviously, we'll start with the rubs. Great rubs, right? Popular flavors like Sweet Money, Cattle Prod, Cash Cow, all proven winners. Competition barbecue circuit. And backyards along are winning when you use the Big Papa stuff. 13 perfectly balanced flavors to choose from. They also have that great relationship with Steph Franklin over at Simply Marvelous Barbecue. Putting those two together, you get the West Coast offense, and we know what that has done over the last 10 years or so. They also own Granny's Barbecue Sauce. If you're looking for a new go-to sauce, try Granny's. It's traditionally a powerful flavor. Reminds us why we fell in love with barbecue in the first place. And aside from the premium selection of rubs and sauces, they also offer the very best pellet charcoal and wood cookers available today. If you're looking for a versatile smoker that's easy to use, check out that Mac 2-Star General Pellet Grill. Big Papa Smokers, the exclusive Mac dealer, even offers special packages. Not a fan of pellet smokers? Fine. How about the old Hickory Ace BP? It's the only charcoal smoker that Big Papa trusts on his competition trailer. And if you're a backyard enthusiast like me, looking for a durable and versatile grill that will last forever, the M-Grill from Texas is just what you need. Boy, they're built like tanks. Not sure what kind of grill you need? You really can't go wrong with any grill featured on BigPapaSmokers.com. They have something for every kind of backyard budget and cook. Give them a call if you have questions, 877-828-0727, or shop the website BigPapaSmokers.com. That's BigPapaSmokers.com. More embedded correspondence. Stick around. We'll be right back. You're listening to the Barbecue Central Show. There is... Continuing to produce incredibly mediocre content... In an exceptionally professional way. You're listening and watching the Barbecue Central Show. Once again, here's your host, Greg Rampey. All right, we are back. This portion brought to you by Fireboard. Monitor up to six different temperatures simultaneously. Connect to Wi-Fi for cloud-based monitoring or connect via the Bluetooth. If you have Alexa or the Google Assistant in your home, you're in luck because Fireboard fully integrated with both. Find out more by visiting Fireboard.com or call 816-945-2232. Good folks over Fireboard. And we rejoin the embedded correspondence from your left 
going right. It's David Huff from Oklahoma, Steve Ray from Tennessee. Then down at the bottom left, the longest-running embedded correspondent of the show, Doug Scheiding from Texas, and John Solberg from Michigan. All right, guys, so one cooker for the rest of your life. Man on an island. Nothing else except you and one cooker. What's it going to be? We'll start with John Solberg. Oh, that's an easy one. 60 pounds of porcelain-coated steel, 508 stainless steel inches of cooking surface. It is the premium 26-inch Weber kettle. Got to be. Premium. All right. All right. Steve Ray, one cooker, rest of your life on an island. What are you going with? The, the, um... <laughs> Hold on. The PK grill. The PK. The PK grill, all right. You had, uh, had me wondering for a second what you were going to talk about. You can grill, you can smoke on it. It's uh, it's a little bit, it's a little bit, uh, a little bit smaller than than what John's talking about, but it's much more efficient than what John's talking about. It's a little bit pricier than what John's talking about. Little, but uh, it, but it it holds up. It'll hold up better. Mine, mine on the desert island will be there when I've been there ten years, and John's will have rusted away. David Huff, your one cooker for life. Oh, man, I'm probably going to catch a lot of crap for this one, but great man on an island. Yeah, I'm thinking the rest of my life when I'm 60, 70, I want easy. I'm going with the Weber Genesis and I'm going to just hit the button and fire up the propane. Look at this guy. Way to go. Way to be efficient. Doug Scheiding, one grill forever and ever. Amen. Well, bless bless uh, Harry Sue, and uh, it damn sure is not going to be a Weber Smoky Mountain uh, uh, <laughs> bullet. I hate those things, and in fact, uh, after two cooks, I, I gave mine away, and I was glad to get rid of it. And oh, and Lord. probably the only reason I'm a barbecue competitor and cook barbecue today is because I got rid of that thing. Greg, I know you love them; they're just not that good. Um, I'm going to be a homer. The new my new Goldilocks grill. It is the perfect size. It feels great is the Ironwood 885. It's fantastic. It can actually get up high and uh, and sear as well. And it sounds like a tornado when it's uh, when it's up at 500 degrees and you can see sparks file uh, flying out. It's it's a really good grill. Who is? Oh, is that a Traeger? It's a Traeger Ironwood 885. It's one of their brand new ones. I've been using it for a year and a half. I've been dying to take it out. And are those available in stock or are those the ones they talk about and they actually can't provide? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Inside joke. All, Inside only joke. dealers, only dealers have them right now. Yes. Oh, all right. Uh, so that's the new Ironwood. All right. So now it's my turn, and I've thought long and hard about. But my answer remains the same. When I was asked this question ten years ago, and fifteen years ago, and ten minutes ago, it remains the same. I am going to bring with me on an island. It's not the kettle that. John was talking about. It is the full-blown Weber Ranch Kettle. That's what I'm taking with me. You can build small fire and do little cooks. You can build a big-ass fire and do big-ass cooks. I mean, I think you can put three 16-pound briskets on that thing, maybe even more, multiple racks of ribs. This thing is a premier cooking vessel, and if I have to go on an island somewhere and only have one cooker for the rest of my life and I don't have to pay for it, then that's the one. I think it's still wildly overpriced. I mean, let's quickly run around the room here. Uh, David, do you think that the ranch kettle is overpriced? It's a little up there. Yeah. Uh, Steve, overpriced ranch kettle? I, I don't even know what the ranch kettle is, Greg. Sorry. It, it, what is it? Uh, uh, it's, what? Steve, what? <laughs> I don't know what it is. <laughs> it's the biggest uh grill that Weber makes with biggest charcoal grill. You've never seen the Weber Ranch Kettle? No, I haven't. Oh man. <laughs> Steve's hot tonight. Someone's got a new toy. I was gonna say yeah, a new toy. He keep, continues to censor himself. Man, this guy is running the profanic card like I've never seen before almost. But he just his censor last week. Yeah, that right. Uh, John, yeah. do you think that the Weber Ranch Kettle is overpriced? I do not. I actually purchased really? one for one of our offices here in Michigan because oh, wow. I had to do turn out lunch once a month on a grill for oh. 60, 70 people. And I found it on all the math 
to be a great value for the size of food you can put out and the amount of time that you need to do it. So I would say no. The only thing keeping me from having one is space, and really I don't have a need. How much is it? How much is it? They're like a grand. Okay. Is it like a – I mean, what's it like? It's it's a a 60-inch Weber kettle. Yeah. It's the big big one. Yeah, it's It's a grand for a charcoal grill. Go to Google – Steve, go to Google Images and put in Weber Ranch kettle, and then you got it. No problem. And when you get one, Steve, don't do your first fire with 20 pounds at Kingsford just because you can. It'll be really ugly. That's Look, right. The con tomorrow. I'll be on that. <laughs> All right. Let's uh, quickly go around for the next topic. Let's start with – did I get everybody here? I got Doug. said the tent, the, the ironwood, uh, the gas grill. Char- okay. We're all set. Nashville hot chicken. Doug, fan, yes or no? Absolutely. I love it. In fact, uh, uh, both times I've gone to the Jack, I've stopped in uh, Nashville, I've gone to Gus's, I've gone to Prince's. Um, when we were in Memphis at, uh, Memphis in May, I, uh, I think I went to a place called Uncle Lou's, etc. I love it. We love spicy food down here. I'd love to, to eat that chicken. And in fact, uh, recently I tried to recreate it. I thought, oh, I've got this great idea of doing the, the hot Cheetos and putting that on wings and frying it and uh, – uh, it didn't come out nearly the same. It was uh, very disappointing. They looked nuclear and like they were going to explode, but uh, it's it's like the hotness faded in the oil. But, um, yeah, I love Nashville hot chicken. All right, so do you like the pickles as well, or you just like the hot chicken part? Oh, no, I like the pickles as well. Yeah, I like the salty saltiness of the pickles. John Solberg, Nashville hot chicken, yes or no? I've never partaken of it, but... I have a fair idea of what it is, and I'm pretty convinced I would love it. Closest I've ever come is like Popeye spicy, and I know that doesn't count, but I'm sure I would love it. Steve, Nashville hot chicken, yes or no? Love it. I love it. Love the pickles, love the salty, love to put it on a uh, sandwich type, put mayonnaise on it. Duke's mayonnaise, by the way. Mm-hmm. No and Miracle Whip, right? No Miracle Whip. Duke's mayonnaise. The only mayonnaise to buy. I set you up to run a self-censor, and you don't even take advantage of it. No Miracle Whip, right, Steve? Hey, Greg, you're right. That's right. Uh, David uh, David Huff from Oklahoma, Nashville Hot Chicken, yes or no? Yes, I absolutely love it. However, oh. I will say, and, and the pickles, everything about it. However, I do still prefer a fried buffalo chicken sandwich over the Nashville hot chicken. I like them both, but I still prefer the buffalo flavor. Hmm. Where do you get that at? Is that something you make yourself? Uh, no, there's some fast food restaurants. Uh, Arby's will, will have it from, t- from time to time. Sonic. Um, you know, I will go to Wendy's and order a spicy chicken from them and add pickles, and that's as close as you can get without having the actual buffalo sauce. But spicy chicken sandwiches in general are absolutely fantastic. All right, next topic, hottest barbecue slash grilling chick or dude? Steve, go. Melissa Cookston, number one in my book. She looks good in an apron, and at night she looks good in an in a, uh, evening game. Sorry, Steve. You, uh, you said that like last week. New answer. Try again. No, I didn't. Yeah, you sure did. You said the same thing verbatim. I said... Somebody that can look just as good as an apron as in an evening gown. Yeah. That's what you said. Well, I'm still I'm sticking with it. I'm sticking with it that she she does. All right, uh, John Solberg, hottest. Uh, how about the hottest dude, Steve? She, I don't know. Greg, great guy. <laughs> Who? I'm not a great guys. Why not? I don't swing that way, baby. This has nothing to do with that. <laughs> what are you talking about? Look behind you and freshen up. All right, John Solberg, uh, hottest David, chick. The hottest dude I know. Uh, uh, <laughs> man, my lawyer, that was who I was talking to a few minutes ago, he's advised me not to go down the objectification of women path. So I'm just going to pick the dude one and take my chances. I'm going to go with Greg Rempe, the hottest barbecue dude on the planet. I can't argue with that. It's a pretty good pick there. Pretty good pick, John. Uh, David Huff, hottest barbecue chick. I have the same lawyer that John Solberg has. <laughs> I, I'm going to wimp out here. I mean, uh, I don't know. Gun to my head. Your guest in the first hour is a very pretty lady. 
So I'd probably have to go with Jess Bryles. It's um, so hard. I mean, do you do you think anybody listens to the show and they're going to be wildly offended that some schmuck in Oklahoma didn't pick them? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> Steve's got someone behind him on the screen there that might take offense. I didn't pick her. That's so, all right. I mean, we, we're I mean, singling people out here. We'll get to that here in a second. Okay. All right. Uh, the dude. Uh, wow. Sorry. Uh, I'm. Bobby Flay and uh, Jack Arnold's a pretty good looking dude, and he hangs out with really hot chicks. So Ooh, if I can hang no out with doubt. him and the Carolina Panthers, I'm in great yeah, shape. No doubt. All those cheerleaders, let's go. Uh, I mean, oh, that's going to take me off topic, and I can't do it. All right, Doug, uh, hottest, uh, hottest chick? Okay. Barbecue? All right. If I'm going to make it to 30 years of marriage, I, I must exclude my wife of course, on this since, of course. Since, since she's part of my grilling Without team. Saying. Yes. Okay. All right. So, so as long as that's, that's, that's out there, um, there is, um, uh, this is a tough category cause, uh, there's not a lot of barbecue smalls in, in men or women, but, uh, uh in terms of, uh, uh, a hot chick there, <laughs> Hey, truth, my wife calls me a barbecue small, but, uh, anyway, that's, um, I would like a hardworking, positive woman who's a barbecue hall of famer and I'm going with Tootsie Tamatsu. Tamats. Tominance, you fool. Tominance, sorry, sorry, sorry. Thank you. Thank wow. you. Wow. All right. Uh, hottest so dude. So I'm going with Tootsie. Right. Now on the uh, I will actually go I'll name someone on the Food Network side. It's not Padma, it's not Rachel Ray and no Greg, it's not Ina Garden. It's not her. <laughs> um I actually think Katie Lee is pretty sexy. Yeah, she the the have, lisp and everything. I have I don't no know. idea who she, that is. She's, I think she is. So I have no idea. Um, nope. All right. Well. Uh, oh. Oh. By the way, Steve, you need to return uh, turn that Jess Prowls book that I got for you, naming you as the number two that she signed and naming you as the number two EC. You can return that since you didn't name her. And then also, I thought for sure you were going to say my wife, but uh, anyway, men, Uh-oh. not Bobby Flay. Not Alton Brown, mm. not Adam Perry Lang, oh. but according Ooh. to my wife, it's John Studley or John Dudley. He's knock on TV. He's a, a Olympic um, archer, archery person and used to be on the team as well as an instructor. And that dude is built like a man. Hmm. But he's not a barbecue guy. He is. No, he's he's a barbecue guy. He, he he'll he'll shoot it, skin it and barbecue it. He's on. He's on the tra- He's on the Traeger Pro team. He's a manly guy. According no, no, to he is. according to Doug, John da- according to John Dawson, Katie Lee can't form a sentence. Uh-oh. Yikes! That's yeah, but the list scathing. is, 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 is cute to me. Scathing. Doug's right. She's cute. She also used to be married to uh, Billy Joel. That is a detraction. That's a strike. Hmm. All right. Uh, well, I guess that leaves it up to me. So hottest barbecue chick. Let's see. If I can live in 100% total hypocrisy, which is what I love to do, she's rich. Some people might think she's a little portly, but I've seen her cook on a Weber, and she knows how to cook for her husband. It's Ina Garten, of course. Of course. Shocking. And the hottest dude. Ooh, boy. I think, and I was swaying a little towards Adam Perry Lang. And then I'm like, you know what? I, if it's hottest barbecue and grilling dude, I think I have to go with barbecue Hall of Famer Chris Lilly. Chicks really dig him. He's not the worst looking guy. He's in shape. He's not a big fat ass like a lot of these guys are. He's very successful. I mean, he's he's got a lot of qualities that women find attractive. You know, he, I mean, he's he's just he's very smart. He's Kind of got that engaging Southern personality. He's world champion. I mean, it's pretty hard to argue against Chris Lilly. So, that being said, we go to the last topic of the evening. Now, let me point this out right away. Folks, if you have any trouble with the word retard, tune out right now. Tune it out. Tune it out. By the way, uh, backyard barbecue show. I do not want to bang Chris Lilly. That is incorrect. That is incorrect. Yeah, your YouTube chat is blowing up. This I know. Is great. I know. All right. So here we go. Last question of the night, and we will start with David Huff. David, can you say retard 
when you are being interviewed on the Barbecue Central show, as in something that isn't right or is wrong, instead of saying those things, you say retard or retarded. Can you say that, yes or no? I mean, if you want a one-word answer, it would be yes. You can say anything you want on your show. You might offend some people, but you can certainly say it. And I know when it was said, it wasn't referring to a person of a handicap, but it was referring to something that just didn't make any sense. All in good fun. Say it if you want to. Okay, well, you're wrong. Uh, Steve, can you say retard? No, you can't say you can't say on your show. You can say you cannot say it when you're sober. When you're when you're drunk, you can say it. You can say it a couple times, and then you can and then you can take ownership of it because that's just the way you are. And if you want to say, you can say it, but you shouldn't say it. You, you shouldn't say that word on on radio on anywhere. It's a bad word. It's it's a terrible word. John, and you shouldn't say it. John Solberg, can you say retard? That right to say that is guaranteed from censorship or interference from the government. Now, that said, the Barbecue Central show governs this show. So can you censor that? That's your call. I'm never saying it on your show. <laughs> so, so, Greg, when it gets to your take, you tell us, can you say that on your show? Uh, Doug, can you say Barb- can you say retard? Well, um, apparently after drinking for two hours, you you might be able to say it once. But when the host says, you know, use a different word, say something else, and then they continue to say it, then that's probably not the case. And it's, uh, you know, offensive and and, uh, disrespectful. But uh, in terms of, you know, the TARD has uh, signified a a different lexicon with several other uh, words. There's uh, uh, libtard, which is a stupid liberal. Um, lactard, which is someone that's that's lactose intolerant, and there's glutard, uh, someone that's gluten um, uh, intolerant. So, um, uh, and then of course there's Kim Jong Un, who called our president a dotard, which is a senior that has failing skills. But uh, um, in that interview, I was I was more uh, concerned about uh, uh, the heart, you know, that that Scott has a heart on. Just quoting quoting what I heard on on, on the show. Greg, yes, give go me- ahead. Give me 10 seconds to clarify. Take the 30 question seconds. Was, Go ahead. The question was, can you say it, not should you say it? <laughs> My answer was, yes, you can. All right. The answer to should is, no, you should okay, not. Okay, Steve, Steve, should you say or use the word retard? No. John? No. Doug? Only in the case if you're calling yourself one. Other than that, no. If you're no. calling yourself one for saying no. the word. No, you can't. Like that's yes or no. Me. I mean, it's just you can't call yourself one and have it be okay. I mean, you're still using the word, right? All right, I'll call myself a dotard then. How about that? Well, I mean, there's so look, here's the point. <laughs> I understand what happened last week, and I, I have no ill will towards Robin whatsoever. Because, look, I didn't say it. She said it. You know, I, I would hope that in the land of political correctness, which is depending on what side of the aisle you're falling on, we're either way too far into political correctness or we're not far enough into political correctness. And here's where I gauge how you should say what words you should use as descriptors for the longest time it was just an accepted term right you could say that person's a retard or retarded and that was that just seemed to be the best descriptor at the time and it was socially accepted there are plenty of other terms that were describing plenty of other people and races that were widely accepted in the past that are pretty freaking offensive if you use them now. Like, we're going to fight if you use them. Not with me, of course, because everybody can kick my ass. But in general, if you use certain words, that could be a reason to go. I think that the word retard is probably, given the time frame we're in, a little insensitive. There's better words that we could use in order to get our point across. And if you say it, and it offends somebody, I will do 
my personal best. This is my commitment to you four and the rest of the Centralites. If it's a word that offends somebody, I will go ahead and try and rework my English and my lexicon and my vernacular in order to try and not offend. And if two years down the road, that term somehow becomes magically unoffensive and everybody accepts it, then maybe I'll go back to doing it. But I'm not going to say retard because it's funny or that's the word that I use knowing that that is a term that's offensive to a certain group of people. I'm happy to use a bunch of other words, and that's all we're really trying to do here anyway. We're just trying to exist and be great human beings. And if for some reason you can't sub out the word retard in your language, maybe you better pick up a thesaurus. And read it, because there's many words out there that can get your point across. And then don't double down and say, well, that's just who I am. Because I know that's not who you are in real life. It's not who you are. There's better words. Let's use all of the words in the English language and leave the bad ones out. Right, guys? Who's with me? Here we go. Here we go. All right, nobody's with me. That's what I expect. Anyway, here we go. The fourth Tuesday of the month, in the second hour, you find the Embedded Correspondence. In no particular order, the longest-running Embedded Correspondent, Doug Shiding from the great state of Texas. Uh, Doug, do you have a secession date yet? Oh, yeah, we're still working on that, yes. Ah, still working on it. All right, very good. 30 years later, John Solberg. I'll get you a bumper sticker. I'll yeah. get you a bumper sticker. Secession impending. Impending secession from Texas. Uh, John Solberg, uh, your... From Michigan, the newest embedded correspondent, the executive producer of the best moments of the Barbecue Central show in 10 minutes or left. Do you know what we have coming up this Friday, by the way? Uh, Cookston and Billy Carroll. Billy Carroll. Oh, my God. What a pull. Billy Carroll. A, it, great. It, 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 not, not to double plug, but it's an awesome. It's an awesome. I, I love the segment. It's a great segment. Billy Carroll is a great guest. Steve Ray from Tennessee, the second longest running uh, correspondent. Uh, Always here, always ready to give his opinion, and obviously has a new toy in the self-censor button, which we've uh, really enjoyed tonight. Thank you. There to thank you very much, and, uh, Dave, uh, and then you have David Huff from Oklahoma, the great state of Oklahoma. Uh, Dave, uh, any secession plans for Oklahomians or no? Uh, no, but I think Texas will secede before Doug gets his meter block. Oh, here we go. Ouch. Here we go. That's very good. Uh, they are the Embedded Correspondents, guys. Always appreciate the time, and we will see you again next month. There they are, the Embedded Correspondents. Beat it. All right, very good. As we race to the finish line here, little over, I apologize for that, but we'll get it done and caught up here. Uh, let me talk to you quickly about Green Mountain Grills. Some of the best pellet cookers out there on the market today. Three different sizes to choose from. The biggest one is Jim Bowie. Then you have the middle size. That's a Daniel Boone. Then you have the portable size. That's the Davy Crockett. Don't forget, as we had just talked about with Jason Baker, top of the month, you have the new Prime division out as well. More robust in the chassis. Still the same cooking size capacity. Do have some other features as well. Great user interface. Great app interface. 12-volt power connection, which helps really dial in the control of the fan. That increases pellet burn. You have the nice peek-through window on the hopper. You have the nice peek-through window, uh, window on the cooking chamber. Many great improvements in the Prime line, so if you're looking to step it up, that's what you're going to want to look at. They also have the Classic line available as well, if that's more your speed. Again, if you're looking to take something with you, Davy Crockett is the way to go. Wood-fired pellet taste. Take it with you. 12-volt adapter if you don't have the normal outlet. And away you go. Don't forget Jim Bowie and the Daniel Boone. Rip out the guts. Put in that pellet uh, pizza oven insert. Now you have a pizza party every night of the week if you want. Yeah, man. It's great. GreenMountainGrills.com. That's GreenMountainGrills.com. Longtime sponsor of this show. Very proud to have them along. And we are back to wrap the show right after this. Stick around. We'll be right back. This is Jim Minion from Two Loose Screws. I'm listening to Barbecue Central. Whole packers, full racks. 
legs and thighs, injecting butts. If you've never heard this before, you might think you found the best triple X show ever. Let's get back to the most homoerotic host out there today. Craig Rimpy. All right, wrapping it up. Thanks again to the embedded correspondents for joining me last segment. And the segment before that, racing through a bunch of different topics, which I certainly appreciate. Uh, all the way back in the first hour, we talked with Jess Priles for two segments. HardcoreCarnivore.com and JessPriles.com. Her websites at Jess Priles on all the social media handles as well. New rub coming out in two weeks. She just announced it very high level tonight. Says it's a collab effort. So that means it's her and somebody else going with it. Again, JessPriles.com, HardcoreCarnivore.com. Keep an eye out if you're into her rubs and you're looking for the new one. Second hour, bedded correspondence. Doug Scheiding, Steve Ray, David Huff, and John Solberg all in, as usual, giving their thoughts on the topics at hand. Big show planned for you next week as we move into April, believe it or not. Malcolm Reed will be in. Sam the Cooking Guy will be in as he starts his new residency as the second segment in the first hour recurring guest. Looking forward to getting him on board on a more recurring and regular basis. September 11, 2001, I will never forget. Until next Tuesday at 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, this is your program host and proud U.S. American, Greg Rempe. Good night now.